Matthew chapter 24 is where we're going to begin uh, today. This will be a little bit different kind of a message. Obviously, we're not dealing with the Mark, Mark's gospel uh, today, but we'll get back to that uh, maybe next week. But Matthew chapter 24, I really want to just deal with uh, the subject that's on everyone's mind uh, today uh, and use, try to get some perspective from the scripture. So we'll begin reading in verse 1. If you're able to stand, please stand with us for the reading of the Word of God. And let's trust the Lord to speak to us today. This is a familiar passage for many of our people. Uh, Text begins in verse 3, but let's just start reading in verse 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. So that's where the setting is, where the scene is. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things, looking here at the temple structure, the walls, the stones that surround it. Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. By the way, if you go to Jerusalem, you'll see some of those stones and piles thrown down, just like Jesus said they would be. Happened in 70 A.D. Verse 3 says, and as he sat among, uh, upon the Mount of Olives, just east of Jerusalem, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences, and earthquakes in divers places, All these are the beginning of sorrows. Let's pray together, all right? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for each person that's here. What a blessing it is to assemble. Thank you for a good turnout, Lord, on a Sunday morning, on a beautiful Sunday morning, to praise you, to sing to you, to think about your goodness, to be encouraged and edified by the words of music, and, Lord, to study the Bible together. We're grateful. We pray again for your help. Bless not only in this service, but Lord, in services like this around this country and around the world. May your word go forth in power. May people who love you be helped. May those who are not saved be convicted of their need for Christ. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, obviously, uh, these are kind of perplexing, not kind of for some people, mighty perplexing times, challenging times. Um, I, I personally uh, don't have the best memory in the world, but I think I would be hard-pressed to remember any time in our history like the last couple of weeks as far as the things that are taking place. Maybe, maybe the 9-11 tack, that would sort of or be reminiscent of that when it's like shock waves went through the country. You'll remember that. Some of you will remember that. I don't know if any of you can remember uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor on December the 
7th, I believe it was, 1941. That was such a wake-up call, a shaking of our country, and we're far removed from that. But these incidents of the recent days and the things that are happening, I know Brother Ross was praying earlier about the fact that we're able to assemble, and I'm thankful we can be here today, but there are many, many churches today who are not assembling. Some of them are not assembling by choice, just to kind of give people an opportunity uh, not to spread these uh, could-be-dangerous germs around. Some are meeting. I know of a couple of churches personally, places where I've been, that are not assembling because of restrictions by government local officials saying that you cannot meet. I know one church, uh, outstanding church, that's already canceled services for three months as far as in their sanctuary, on their property. I mean, so uh, I'm, just, I'm just saying I'm glad to be here today. I'm glad we can be here today. But those are the kind of things that are happening in this world. Um, some of you young people, I'm sure you've been really concerned about your 401k and how it's done this week. Another thing that uh, has been a wake-up call for, for people. Jesus said here in this passage, in answer to the disciples who said, tell us what it's going to be like. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Tell us what it's going to be like when you come back. The end of time. What will be the signs? And he gives us a lot of them. And we've studied this passage, of course, before. But one of the things he says in verse 8, after mentioning all these things, he says, and these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, we've talked about that before. That word sorrows is a word that often means sorrow or pain. It can be it mean pain. But it also, the word actually describes the pangs, P-A-N-G-S, the pangs of childbirth. And that's an unusual kind of pain. I've been, you know, I've been very close to that. I can tell you firsthand what it's like. No, I can't tell you what it's like. But I have been around it. And there are two things that I know about the pangs of childbirth. The closer you get to the birth of the child, the pains are more frequent and they're more intense. And that's the, the message I get from what Jesus is saying here. These things I mentioned to you, they're not new, they're not novel, they're, they're going to happen. But the closer we get, the more frequent they're going to be and the more serious they're going to be. For instance, there's always been earthquakes. You read about earthquakes in the Bible. But we're having more and more earthquakes, and some of those earthquakes are much more intense. And so these things have been around forever. And one of the things he mentions here in verse 7, I'll read the entire verse and emphasize one word. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. I want to think about that word pestilences, because pestilences are one of the things that Jesus said are going to happen. Now, uh, we, we gonna, we're going to face pestilences and pandemics. Uh, the most, one of the most recent similar situation was the swine flu. It got its name <coughs> from the swine, from pigs. That's where it started, H1N1. It was in 2009. Some of us can remember that. Although many of us have kind of forgotten it, there were 61 million cases. 
of the swine flu. Let that sink in. And more than 575,000 people died. That was 2009. That was a pestilence. Um, The the, uh, HIV, some of us can remember this well, the HIV or AIDS uh, epidemic was a global pandemic. Now, I want you to listen to this because this may surprise you. Two years ago, in 2018, 770,000 people died with the AIDS virus. Two years ago. Since it was discovered, 32 million people have died with the AIDS virus. 32 million. And this may also surprise you, if you haven't read this up on this lately, Currently, right now, today, in the world that we live in, 38 million people have the AIDS virus. 38 million. Now, all, I would put the, all this stuff in the category of what Jesus said when he says pestilences are going to be a part. You follow what I'm saying? It's the part of the world we live in. You can't, get a, you can't get away from it. We shouldn't be surprised that there are these global kind of sicknesses. As a matter of fact, in Revelation 6, it tells us, now this is fast forwarding into a time when we're no longer around. In Revelation 6, it says that a fourth of the population of the world will be taken with several things, famine or hunger, I think it says, hunger, and it mentions death. It doesn't say how they die, but you think about, you talk about something that's going to happen when one out of every four people on the planet are taken away. Now, again, we're not going to be around for that. Thank God for that. Amen? But these are things that Jesus said are going to happen. And for us to think that we're going to live in a world free from it, and it doesn't really matter. I mean, I'm not saying we shouldn't have medicine, but these things, medicine can't stop these things. I mean, doctors can't stop all these things from happening. We somehow get the mindset that, well, you know, if you wash your hands and take care of yourself, they're never, these things are not, they're going to happen. Jesus said they're going to happen. And notice what he said, though, in verse 6. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. And then look at the next six words. See that you be not troubled. I have those words underlined in my Bible. Don't be afraid. Don't be alarmed. Don't be troubled in your mind. Jesus is saying this to his disciples. They said, what is it going to be like? And he says, it's going to be a rough ride. There are going to be parts of it that are going to be a rough ride. But he says, don't. Don't be alarmed. In reading in Luke's gospel, the 21st chapter, Jesus is teaching about last day's phenomenon, and and he quotes, and he says this. Please hear these words. Men's hearts failing them for fear. Just overcome by terror. Overcome by fear. Great panic will grip the world. I'm not saying we're there. I'm just saying Jesus said this is what it's going to be like. Great panic will rip or will grip the world. 
You know, I was talking to a fellow pastor in another state uh, yesterday, and he referred to a passage that's a very strong and encouraging passage in Proverbs chapter 3, where the, where the writer of Proverbs and the wisdom of Proverbs, the wisdom of God's word, says this in Proverbs 3, Be not afraid of sudden fear. Isn't that a good verse? Be not afraid of sudden fear. So all this is a warning not to panic. Not to panic. It's a warning to God's people. It's a warning to disciples. It was a warning concerning pestilences. And the word we hear today is pandemics. Or, and it's about war and strife, that things are going to get worse and worse. And we don't have to panic. Leave some toilet paper for the next family that comes along. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things I don't understand about what's going on, but that, I'm clueless about this. I'm just telling you. I tell somebody this morning, I just wish what little money I have invested two weeks ago, I'd have put it all in Charmin or something. <laughs> I watched a little YouTube video. I think this was in a Costco store. These people are just angry and shouting at each other and fussing over what they have in their shopping cart. And I just want to say, you know, chill. Amen? Go wash your hands. <laughs> How many of you ever remember Y2K? I mean, we were on alert. That at the moment, the, the time switched over to a new millennium. We were on the alert that the world was going to come to a screeching halt. Do y'all remember that? I mean, seriously, people expecting an international collapse, afraid to get out and drive that evening, storing up food. We, had a, we have a family member who just stored up lots of food. Under the bed, in everywhere, you know. And, you know, looking back, I was thinking this morning, we ate green beans and corn for a year <laughs> from that stash. <laughs> so it's not all bad. <laughs> Jesus said, these things, you're going to face some tough times, but see that you be not troubled. One thing, and I'm just going to, I just want to be a pastor to you today. One thing might be good for all of us is just be careful about the news we listen to. About our intake of messaging and social media. One of the things that just fuels, and it's not just this but many things in our day, that fuels confusion and uncertainty is this access to 24-hour news cycle. I mean, always news coming in on your phone and, you know, people, you know, we just need to, I told somebody the other day, just go, for, go on a fast for a day or two and just stay away from the news, a news fast. It might be healthy for us. And be careful about your news sources. And I'm not going to get into people's business about what you listen to, but avoid overreacting and avoid underreacting. 
have some sense, common sense and balance about the things that we do. For some people, everything is a conspiracy. Everything. I mean, people literally blame our government on this virus. It's... I read two reports yesterday. I just glanced through them. I, didn't, I don't take it seriously because I don't think it's serious news. That this coronavirus was hatched in a lab, either in North or South Carolina, taken over to China and released over there. And you know what? People believe this stuff. And I'm just saying be careful what you listen to. People, you know, conspiracy theories are... You know, I'm I'm not I'm not naive. I don't I don't think that uh, everybody's honest, but I'm just saying be careful. People who want to believe a conspiracy theory will believe it because they want to believe it, not because there's factual evidence of it, just because it's what they're they're prone to. I'm just saying be careful about your news sources. When someone to me, and I'm just trying to help people who may be given to worry. When someone to me claims to be absolutely certain about something that no one can be certain about, they lose a lot of credibility with me. And that's the way some people are. There are those who think this is just a hoax. We shouldn't even pay any attention to it. It's just like, I don't believe that. I think it is serious. I believe it is easily transferred and transmitted from one person to another. I think it's especially especially of concern for people who are older, people whose health is already compromised, people who have respiratory problems. I mean, there's no question that they have a harder time dealing with this virus. But then there are also people on the other side who just believe that it's a, you know, it's a, a man-made attempt to try to turn our country over and those kind of things. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe all that. This virus that we're dealing with may turn out to be apocalyptic. It may be the end of the world destruction. It may be. But so far, we don't know that to be true. You know what I'm saying? And even if it was, Jesus said, see that you be not troubled. Right? That's what Jesus said. We need to listen to the professionals, and I know some people think the professionals are a part of the cover-up, but I think there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. I believe the Bible teaches that. I have read many articles in the last week or two, especially the last week, by medical professionals, immunologists, people who specialize in our immune system, people who specialize in bacteria, people who specialize in these things. And it's not just because I have a desire to learn, it's because I have a responsibility to help people sort through what is really true, what may not be true at all. I've read dozens, I'm sure, dozens of responses of churches, pastors, churches, leaders, to this situation that's going on, because I think it's I think it's my responsibility to be aware. I think social distancing is wise. It's okay not to shake hands, right? It's okay for a time being. Being cautious about where you are, being cautious about who is around you, and with that in mind, our church is taking precautions, and uh, we'll be reassessing those things regularly. We're not running the buses and. And I know a person say, why don't you run the buses? Well, just in the, 
just in the sake of just being careful, we just decided we're going to put that on hold for a little bit. We're, uh, we, the three nursing homes we normally go to, or their services are suspended, but we wouldn't be going in. We don't want to take a risk of taking something in with someone, even the flu, and cause someone to be sick. The jail services, I know I heard from, from uh, the, we, we go down to, uh, our church goes to a service in Clayton, the St. Louis County Jail. They've suspended all their services like this. And I mentioned about passing the offering plate. That may seem like a little thing, but if it makes a person feel more at ease because they're concerned that the person next to them um, sneezed or whatever and they touched the offering plate, we'll just kind of take that off the table as something to be concerned about. We're videoing services. Even this service today is being videoed. Uh, and people who could not come today are watching it on video even as I speak. And so if a person has to miss because of sickness, a person has to miss because they have people at home that are ill and they need to be there with them, um, we're going to make it as accessible as we can to people to hear the Word of God, to be a part of this. Nothing like being here. Um, but at the same time, it's better, it's better than having nothing. And, and I want to, I want to just say to you, I said this earlier, but several communities around the country are already, uh, stopping churches from meeting or at least strongly suggesting they not meet. And it may be the time would come here. I mean, where they would say, you know, we're asking churches to shut things down for a week or two. And I wouldn't want to do that, but if that's what's best for the health of the community, I'd be willing to do that. And so what we're doing is we're making provisions for people who maybe if you could not come, that you could sit at home and on your computer you could, you know, we could have Bible studies. We could, we could, we, there, there are several options. And so I'm just saying we're flexible. I'm not, you know, I don't think it's prudent. Just, you know, be be mad at me if you'd like to about this. Call me a liberal. I've been called worse. Um, but I don't think it's prudent just to say, bless God, I don't care what the government says. We're going to meet if we all get sick. I don't think that's the prudent way to do it. I think we ought to be considerate of the community and considerate of our testimony and considerate of one another's health. But through the use of social media, through the use of the Internet, smartphones, if we have to, we can have Bible study opportunities and preaching and discipleship. And, you know, for the sake of people, you may be sitting here today, and I know this is probably so. You may not be really tech savvy. I don't know that I am really tech savvy. But if you have Internet access or you have Wi-Fi connection or if you have a smartphone or anything of that nature, and you had to be home, you could be listening and watching a service as it's taking place. And if you have any questions about that, you could ask Brother Crowder, and he could explain it better than I could. But anyway, it's just our way of saying, I just want you to know, we're sitting here in this little part of the world, and so far, there are only, as of yesterday, only two confirmed cases of the coronavirus in Missouri. One of those we know for certain came from a person who had been in Italy, came back to this country, didn't realize they were sick, and I think they've been quarantined. As far as I know, that's not been uh, changed any. But I'm just saying we have relatively few, uh, so it's not like we're, but that could all, any of that could change. You know what I'm saying?
And so things change, things change often. I'm going to end up with a note about that here in a moment. One of the things that people have asked about, a couple of people in our church, is about our preaching conference. We still have it on the schedule. We'll still plan. People are still meeting. Um, but I have pastors who have conferences. I have a pastor, dear pastor friend, who plans to be at our conference. They had a conference yesterday, had 500 people there, guests from out of town, and went off without a hitch. I'm just saying, it's, it's, I'm, so far it looks like we're going to have it, but we have to reevaluate that, or we have to evaluate that as we go along. So let's just pray for God to give us wisdom. I, I tell you, we need, I, mentioned, I talked about this Wednesday night, but we need to trust God. We don't trust the news. I'm glad for medical the medical profession, I personally haven't had a, a flu shot in a whole bunch of years. Um, I, have a, I have a couple of heart murmurs, most of you know that, and for years the doctor just imp- insisted that I get a flu shot. I haven't had one for a lot of years, but our doctor this week said that, uh, now I don't know where he gets his information, <laughs> I've been in doctor's office before on a side note, and while I'm telling them my symptoms, they're Googling it to see what it is. So I, I'm not sure where, where they get their information. But he said the flu vaccine this year is less than 50% effective. In other words, if you got a flu shot, there's a 50-50 chance you're still going to get the flu. So I'm just saying vaccinations are not... You Don't put all your trust in doctors or medicine. Let's, I'm not against taking medicine. I'm just saying, let's trust in the Lord too. Isaiah 26 says this, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. That's where I need to be. That's where I want to be. Jesus said in John 16, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So one thing we can be confident of, I shared this Wednesday night, and that is this, none of this has taken God by surprise. Right? There's no panic in heaven. Aren't you glad about that? So... We need to be more conscious. This is just a word of advice for all of us. We need to be more conscious of the presence of Christ with us than we are the threat of sickness around us. I'm not saying, I think we ought to be cautious. I think we ought to be careful. I think we ought to wash our hands. I think we ought to cover our mouth if we sneeze or cough. You know, you need to be careful. But above all, we ought to pray. We ought to pray for one another. We ought to pray for people that are affected by this virus. We ought to pray for our leaders. We ought to pray for medical professionals. We ought to pray for our country. It's a national day of prayer. We ought to pray for our country. As I mentioned earlier, we ought to pray for missionaries who are being directly affected by some of these travel things and matters related uh, to this nationwide, these travel bans and things of that nature. And you know, this, this unique time, let's just kind of step back from it for a moment and just, this unique time could offer some very God-given opportunities to demonstrate our faith. 
And I don't mean our faith like in reckless disregard for people's... I'm talking about our faith and confidence in God. That God is in control. You know, I was preaching last night in a missions conference about the feeding of the 5,000. One of my favorite passages in the Bible. And this is what Jesus said. These disciples said to Jesus, These people are hungry. Send them away. Now, we're not talking about a crowd this size. The Bible records it was 5,000 men plus women and children. The disciples says, send them away. They're hungry. They're, they need something to eat. And Jesus said five words. Now, just try to put this on for size. Jesus said, give ye them to eat. What if that was you? What if you're looking at 50, upwards of fifteen or 20,000 hungry people, 5,000 of them are men, and Jesus said, you feed them. The disciples didn't know what to do, obviously. I don't know what I'd have done. I'd have, I'd have said, he's talking to you. <laughs> but when John records this in John chapter 6, this is what John said, that and he said it to a man by the name of Philip, one of the disciples. He said, it says he did this to prove them. In this crisis of feeding these people, and he told the disciples to get personally involved in it, and they were panicking. You know why, you know why Jesus said he did that? He did it not just to feed these people. He did it to prove his disciples. How are you going to respond to this? What are you going to do about this? And may I say to you that in these times of uncertainty, it, it might be a test for us, not just to think about, am I going to keep myself well, but how am I going to respond to this? How am I going to, what, what will I do? Is, am I going to be looking for opportunities maybe that God could use us to make a difference in somebody's life? I mean, you may, you may have a neighbor that's an elderly person, and they're afraid to go out and Stand in line for an hour for some toilet paper. <laughs> there are people who are afraid. Wouldn't it be wonderful if God's people could be around to say, you know, look, can I help you with that? Let me, could I, could I do something to be a part of taking the, e easing your mind a little? I'm just saying these could be great opportunities if we just, if we can just let God have his way and trust him to lead us. Um, go with me, if you would, to one last verse, and we're going to wrap this up. It's in the book of Proverbs. I've had it on my mind this week several times. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1. Great piece of advice from Proverbs. It says, Boast, Proverbs 27, 1, Boast not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. You know, a couple of things about, this is talking about the future. Don't, don't boast of tomorrow because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Well, first of all, this same book, Proverbs, admonishes us in many ways and many different areas of our life to make plans for tomorrow, doesn't it? Prepare for tomorrow. Do what you can to prepare for tomorrow. 
But the second thing it teaches us, though, is none of us can predict it. None of us know what tomorrow is going to bring. It's a foolish person who thinks that tomorrow doesn't require some kind of preparation or planning because the Bible tells us it does. But it's also a foolish person who, who just thinks they can control or predict what tomorrow's going to bring. And I've thought about that verse this week when you see such, you know, swings up and down in the stock market and, and such panic selling and then such, such fearful, fearful responses to these shopping things and storing up on things. And I'm just thinking, really, um, what could tomorrow bring? And the bottom line is we're trusting God. For tomorrow. Amen? Because he knows exactly what it's going to be like. And we ought to be thinking about this. I mean, I don't know if you've seen anything like this. I've seen several posts similar to this on social media this week. Something to this effect. If there's this much panic for what we're seeing right now, what do you think it's going to be like when all of a sudden every Christian disappears? You talk about panic, and that's exactly going to happen one of these days, right? It's going to happen. And so we ought to make the most of our moment. And I'm, I'm praying that God would just have his way. I'm praying that God will lead. I'm praying that we will have wisdom, that we can make adjustments as we need to. But let's just remember that... It's a foolish person who makes presumptive decisions about tomorrow because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. First of all, um, Jesus could come for us at any moment. And, our, and if you're here today and you're not saved, and you're not saved, do you realize what it's going to be like for you forever? If you just, you say, well, I'm, I'll always get, I always have another opportunity to be saved. How do you know you'll have another opportunity to be saved? How about those of us who are saved? How do you know that one of these days you're going to have more of an opportunity to serve the Lord and to, and to build a strong relationship with God and build relationships with other people and, and, and take your spiritual growth seriously? I'm just telling you, it's foolish to think that things are always going to be as they are. And one of the things I've thought about so many times in the past week is, man, what a difference a week can make. What a difference it can make. And we don't, I was telling my wife yesterday as we were traveling, one good thing about the weekend is things kind of shut down on news-wise, you know what I'm saying? You just don't, and that's a good thing, really. Let me ask you something today. And I realize there are people here today, and you don't think about this stuff very seriously, but I'm saying, I'm saying the things I'm saying because I know some people do. That we need to be spiritual, we need to be, Trusting in God, trusting in the Lord, and not only trusting in the Lord, but be be courteous to people. You know, it's not a time of being cynical. It's not a time of making fun of people. I don't. I don't make fun of people because they worry. I'm. 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 I'm very concerned with people panicking. I'm not so concerned about the toilet paper situation because I think we're in good shape there. My wife bought about two years' supply the other day. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I haven't been to Walmart 
I don't go any more than I need to. But they say it's kind of creepy when you look at all these shelves empty of stuff. But you know what? That just may be a picture of the insanity that's going to be around when we're gone one of these days. You know what? Utter chaos. Our God is in control, and he's good, as we sang this morning. The Lord is good. If you're here today and you don't know him, you need him. You need him in your life. You need a relationship with him. You need the forgiveness that he provides. You need the promise that no matter what happens in this world, no matter what happens in this world, we're going to a place that's far better than this world could ever be. But you don't have that assurance if you're here today, young person, you're not saved, or those who are not so young. You don't have that assurance. You ought to come to Christ. And if you're here today and you're just kind of living life without any purpose, I think these times ought to be a a wake-up call to say, you know, we're going to get serious about serving the Lord, being salt and light in this world we live in, because that's exactly what God would want us to be. Amen.